Hello and welcome to another Kodo Moments podcast. I'm still Andy Brown. Uh, I mean, you know, for full disclosure, we're recording this about five minutes after we recorded the last episode. So uh, (laughs) that's the only reason I've made two in a row. And we're going to talk about being locked in our houses and playing games and stuff. So uh, joining me once again, Dr. Matthew Holt. Hello. And Ali Cornwolf. Hello. So, pandemics. There's a thing we weren't really expecting at Christmas. No, no, I just thought it was a game studio. Obviously, I was completely wrong there. Yeah. (laughs) Oh dear, I'm actually going to have to explain that one, aren't I? Oh, I know what you mean. Studio that created Mercenaries. And did they do the original Battlefront? Uh, Dr. Google will know. Quickly ask him. The first console games of the series were developed by Pandemic Studios. Yay! Do you know what? I'm glad that I'm glad that Doctor Google has my back because not only did I not only did I look that up on there, but I also spelled Battle Font, which I think would be quite <laughs> a good. <laughs> battle of fonts, lovely. But yeah, yeah, we're we're stuck in pretty much in the sat, currently sat in the same room that I'm working in all day long, and it just doesn't feel like I ever leave here. Well, that's my life. I work from home anyway, so this this hasn't actually been that weird for me. <laughs> no, it's given me a bit more of an understanding of what you have to put up with day in, day out, as, and making me realise you do actually miss going out to the office. It's nice socialising with people. I don't know, people yeah. are overrated. <laughs> it's weird, because I, I, I work from home when I can, normally, but not often. Um, but it's just the, the office banter that I miss. That sounds and just awful. that kind of atmosphere. Oh no, you have banter. You know. Yeah, it, it's that. Yeah, I'm with you, Ali. That's the stuff we miss. I've currently I'm having a couple of um, Skype calls with my team every day, and the banter's still there, but it's limited to those you know, 15 minutes that we're doing it. Yeah, so you're not got that ad hoc all day, day in, day out stuff any longer, and it's it, it's strange. It's just very strange when you're not used to it. The one thing I'm not missing at all is the random rubbish football talk and banter in the office. Don't miss that at all. <laughs> I'm glad that, that's gone for now. <laughs> the, the two things I've noticed is that I work for a company that has an awful lot of home workers. So we we generally we're on Skype, instant message, or we're calling each other on Skype all day anyway. So I don't I don't think I really miss out on the work bants. It's just done in a different format. The one thing I will say that has is absolutely driving me crazy is that all of a sudden everybody's using Hangouts, Skype, Zoom, and it's like, ah, oh, I do I do conference calls and video calls all day every day for work, right? With professionals who do it all day every day for work, and now all of a sudden I've got to do a video call with my family who have absolutely no web meeting <laughs> etiquette whatsoever right so they're yeah. just all talking over each other and the, the camera just keeps cutting from one person to another you know when somebody caught oh god just mute yourselves people <laughs> mine yeah. is uh listening to the people on the other end shout because they think they have to talk louder so oh, you can hear yeah. them <laughs> yeah crazy so yeah, yeah. <laughs> My family live all over the world. I never see them, but now I'm locked in my house. I can't avoid them. <laughs> how, how is this? Oh, anyway, I love them. Just in case they're listening. <laughs> Given that we've been working at home then, uh, and for those of us that are not used to it, have you been getting any sneaky gaming in during the day? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing better than sitting on your sofa or in your office that doubles up as your work PC as well, and just being able to just go, ah, bit right, boss is on a call or whatever, and just fire up a game. <laughs> Stuff it. <laughs> I have uh, I must admit to having my Switch on my desk. <laughs> uh, so that's, yeah. It's a, it, it's a lovely idea, thinking, I've got an hour for lunch, I'll have something to eat, and I'll sit down, I might get half an hour on something. The only downside is this is coinciding with children not being at school or daycare, which is severely limiting what I can actually play on a lunchtime. My my wife said to me last night, just in a moment of almost a moment of clarity, she went, hold on. She said, are you sure you haven't actually been furloughed and you're not just sat in your office playing video games all day? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, she caught you. I was like, oh. 
wish I thought of that. So, uh, what what have we been playing? And uh, hold on, just God, have we been interrupted by Animal Crossing? Maybe. Let's see if I can. Let's <laughs> see if I can catch a bug for a sound effect on the mic. <laughs> you see, you see, this isn't listeners. This isn't just about him gaming while he's working. He's also now gaming when he's supposed to be recording the podcast. It's Animal Crossing. Hold on, I'll just jump across this river. <laughs> why is there no why is there no butterflies around? Use your imagination, listeners. I caught a cherry blossom. Alright, I'll turn it off now. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been playing <laughs> Animal Crossing then. <laughs> Do you know uh, yeah, I saw you tweeted something earlier, right? And I, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention this now, but I think you tweeted something about setting yourself. Uh, I do it. Gaming, do it. setting yourself gaming goals while while we're all in this situation. And I thought, actually, I did set myself a gaming goal. My gaming goal was that I was gonna play Doom and make sure I went all the way through and finished it before I bought and played anything else. Yeah. Uh, so then I got Animal Crossing, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and last night I was playing Modern Warfare Two Remastered. <laughs> <laughs> yep, brilliant. So you've not touched Doom, have you? And I must say that uh, good job on the Switch is also very good. <laughs> so not only have you not touched Doom, but I bet you've not touched the foundation in Control either. No, I haven't. Oh yeah, because I had the season pass for that, so I've downloaded it and not not played it yet. Yeah. So I have touched Doom. I played about twenty minutes of it. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And then that, dropped it for some little animals. Uh, yeah. That game makes me incredibly sweaty. That, it's, <laughs> it's like it just makes your heart race like hell. I can only do like a few levels at a time, and I'm like, oh, I think I've been for a run. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's one you need a proper grippy controller for, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you get in the zone, and you kind of like, right, bang, you're dead, you're dead, you're next. Yep. Yeah, slice you up. Use my chainsaw. I get a few more uh, bits of ammo and different things, and right, bang, bang, bang. And, do your little um, shift there and do, and then you're like, oh, after, after doing the level, need a break, and then more enemies come. You're like, oh dear lord, <laughs> press pause a minute. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like if Super Hot went at 900 miles an hour. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, it is an excellent game. I've I've finished it, done start to finish. It is brilliant. I think it surpasses the 2016 reboot just in terms of what it throws at you. But there's a lot to manage. Like you said there, Ali, you went through about 15 different moves without repeating anything. It's just yeah. crazy the amount that's going on in it. Yeah, and you can go through battles and go, oh, why didn't you use that weapon? Or, oh, I didn't do that then. Just because you kind of, you just get into a bit of a rhythm and you kind of know, all right, if a guy's got a shield, you use your fusion weapon, is it, or something like that, to take down the shield and make it blow up and certain enemies are better off against with other weapons and you just get into a rhythm and then afterwards you, you after a bit you do get mentally exhausted thinking Phew, i'll just sit and do some of my rpg stuff and do some of my stats like a complicated rpg game now <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, no phenomenal doom eternal has, has been absolutely brilliant i it did go on start to finish. I didn't play anything else in between because just loved every moment on it and was really surprised by the platforming and how much there is in there. It is more like a third-person Tomb Raider-esque type thing at times with and it's, trying it's, to figure out where to go and how to get around. It's mm. not overly janky either, is it? it? It's quite nicely done and you... Oh, yeah. It's not frustrating, I think is what I'm trying to, trying to get at. No, it isn't. Anything that's particularly tricky or difficult, it tends to, it doesn't kill you if you fail it. It just tends to respawn you with a minor armor or health penalty. So yeah, you don't yeah. really get too frustrated. The The enemies, if you get ganged up on, as, as you go a bit later on, there are like totems and enemies that provide buffs that make everything more aggressive. I don't yep. know if you've come across that yet. Sometimes you can get pinned in a corner and just can't get out no matter what you try. That can be a bit frustrating, but actually, rest of the time, as hard as it is, it's manageable as well. But it's yeah. like going back to the 2016 game, isn't it? You just, you got to remember to keep moving, prioritize targets, and like Ali said, keep 
changing things up so that you've got a plentiful supply of armor, ammo, health. Yeah. 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 The flamethrower is awesome for that. Can you imagine going back to work after playing Doom at lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, Janice. I just want it now. Yeah. Excellent game. So I, I have played that. I've not been playing it on lunch breaks, though. No, the only thing I've been playing at lunchtime has been Hidden Through Time, which is like console-based version of Where's Wally. What? Okay. Why? <laughs> because because we've got sent review code, so I've okay. played it, and it turns out my three-year-old loves it. Because you get a little picture at the bottom of the screen of the thing that you have to find, and then you have to find it on the screen. It's really exciting for children. <laughs> She's absolutely obsessed with it. It's called the pointy game. <laughs> Can I play the pointy game? It wants to play the pointy game because she stands in front of the TV and points at the screen to tell me where things are. She is very good at it, actually. I've been quite impressed. She's helped me through a couple of levels. It is surprisingly entertaining. Then it turns out the other half likes it as well. So we have a family game on our hands. <laughs> I, presume, I presume your wife doesn't call it the pointy game. No, that's a different one. <laughs> I just know that she sits in exactly the same position that my daughter sits about two <laughs> inches from the screen, scouring it, trying to find the tiniest banana in the world or a oh, mask or a sword. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pleased to say that Rose is also getting into Animal Crossing, which is like the first game we've played together, which is awesome. And she also calls it the Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. We play the Nintendo. Yeah, go on then. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. In fairness, that's the only thing I've got to play on lunch times. Uh, a hidden objects game, basically. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Where's Wally? A, a really charming isometric Where's Wally type game. Nice. I guess the the one game that I've been hammering a fair amount is Days Gone. Oh, okay which is a massive, massive game. I think I briefly touched on it the last time myself and Matt recorded. Uh, it was on offer on the PlayStation Store for about £20. And I'd had my eye on it for a while. I heard it was a bit janky at the start uh, when it was first released. And then, it, yeah, it was on offer, so I picked it up. And it's really, really good. The story's awesome in it. Um, and so's the action, to be fair, and the way the, mm. the zombies are. And it, there's not just zombies about. There's like... Meth heads, I guess, is the best way to call the Rippers. <laughs> yeah. um, and then other factions and different things. And it's just, there's a lot going on. And the the game is massive. I actually uh, sent a message to, to Matt earlier today to ask him roughly whereabouts he thought he was in the game. You're about halfway through? Yeah, I think I'm about 30 hours-ish through it. And I'm, I'm told it's about 60 to get to the end of the story. Oh, okay. I need to have a look because I, I don't dare say anything where I am in case you've not got that far. Have you gone north? Yes, I think. Have you come across snow? Oh, gotcha, yeah, yeah. All right, if you've been there for quite a while, then you're probably further on than I am. Yes. We'll have a talk off air about the last mission you yeah. got to. It sounds like I'm quite a way ahead of you. but, but yeah, You it, probably it, are, yeah. So it's a really nice little kind of... <laughs> maybe a pandemic game that I'm preparing myself for. I just need a Harley <laughs> Davidson. Um, but it's just, it's really nice that you've got the the little the separate little plot points. So you've got three little camps that have all got their own missions and stories with them. And you kind of move between the three of them, helping them out, getting supplies and hunting people that have tried to nick off with some of the supplies and things. Then you've got the overarching main story of the main protagonist trying to find out about his uh, wife that died because mm-hmm. he's never been happy that he never basically got any remains. <laughs> it's the, the, the only yeah, way to yeah. put it. Yeah. So he, he can't make up his mind if she's dead or not. Um, and then there's the kind of scientist element to it as well, where things might not be what they seem. And it's just a really, really nice little game. And it just keeps going and going and going. And you kind of think it's going in one direction and then it goes another and then something else happens. And yeah, it's really good fun. Yeah, it is. I, I was very surprised with it. I need to go back and play more of it. It's just finding time. Well, you've got plenty of it now, Matt. Well, I was just going to say, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, 
I'm obviously not doing the commute to and from work, but I don't feel like I have any extra time. No, same here. Yeah, I think we were talking about it off air that we're both, all of our jobs are not eased up. Like, you know, some people have either been furloughed, which isn't great, but it does mean you get a bit of free time. But yeah, I'm definitely flat out eight till four, five-ish or whatever, maybe beyond that. Um, it's one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's strange how, how busy it's been because I was thinking, oh, I'll get this extra time. And, and like I said, commute time's gone. So I do feel like I have more time with family at home, but I don't feel like I have extra time to do things. As a consequence, we, Andy, you said at the beginning, we're recording two shows at once, one after another. This is about the first time we've been able to pencil this in. We've been talking yeah. about it for nearly three weeks. So it's, yeah, it's been really surprising how not going anywhere or doing anything seems to fill every minute of the day. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) So, But at least I've been able to play some things on a night, which has been good. Usually get at least an hour at some point. After we finish recording this tonight, my hour will be on Resident Evil 3. I'm I'm going back to the favela after this. For 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 some grenade spam. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I really toyed with the idea of picking up the Modern Warfare 2 remaster, especially after I saw you'd been playing it as well, because I remembered how good some of the levels were, and then I remembered Favela. I went, yeah, maybe not yet. It is it is as much fun and as bombastic as I remember. I, d- I expect it's going to be cracking to play through again. I just oh, I don't think I can put myself through that grenade spam. <laughs> Didn't. I think I did that game on veteran, veteran at one point, and I think I that was did. the bit that nearly killed me. I, I did, and and I think that I seem to recall playing that on the three sixty on veteran, and and it cost me at least two controllers. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, that's roughly what we've played for the last couple of weeks. There's there's been other stuff in there as well. I've played a bit of the Foundation in Control, which is really nice. I need to play more of that. Tell me about it. Tell me something about it. Uh, it's set in the foundations of the oldest house and you have gone not deliberately looking for the you know the chief of security who went missing halfway through the game yeah yeah she went off on some kind of mission uh she might or might not be in the foundation you don't actually know you it's, you know story hints that way uh and there yeah you've gone down there to find out what's going on and it's like this Almost a bit like a cave system to begin with, but then it's got bits where you know offices from the oldest house have collapsed into it. So you've got a bit of a blend of you know really weird admin sections uh, and these caves, and the, all the stuff that we really like from Control is there. The documents, the videos, the audio—it's it's more of the same in a good way. Cool. It sounds. It does sound really interesting, actually. And and the one thing that Control was really good at was atmospheric settings. So creepy cave, brutalist office sounds quite good. <laughs> yeah, along with the uh, new enemies as well, higher level stuff, uh, new abilities, and a uh, higher. I'm going to say level cap, even though there wasn't necessarily levels as such. But you can um, upgrade your health and stuff further as well now. So there's, there's extra stuff in there, um, loads of collectibles and some utterly fun sections. One that puts me in mind of the ashtray maze. It's not that. It's not a copy of that. But in terms of the way it presents a different style and approach and throws you into it is the section I'm at at the moment. Oh, that sounds really good. It is. It is really good. And um, it, again, it's one I need to go back and, and just sink some more time into on an evening. What are the new abilities? It's like a shield barge, I think. I've not actually purchased it yet. So I don't know quite how it works. Um, But there seems to be like an offshoot of the shield ability that wasn't there before. Okay. The other other thing I've been playing that really is worth having a go at is Good Job on the Switch. What's that about? I have seen a couple of things on it, as in a couple of comments that it's really good, but nothing about what it actually is it's basically you play um it's capitalist nepotism in perfect video game form so you play (laughs) you play like the the son or the child of the ceo of this company 
and you just appear to be completely inept. So in the the opening kind of cutscenes, it's all done like there's these little silhouette characters. All the characters are like little silhouettes. It's like the mm. the the characters from the toilet door all came down and, and started working in this office. Um, but yeah, you you kind of there's this opening cutscene where you're just com- causing chaos and catastrophe and disaster everywhere you go accidentally, <laughs> no matter what what your dad tries to do. <laughs> and then um, you start the game quite literally at the ground floor. So you've got to, you've got to work your way up this company by solving, uh, solving different puzzles in, in different rooms on each floor. And each floor has got a theme. So I think the first floor is like finance. And then you've got um, like shipping. I think one of them is marketing uh, all the way until you get to the top. And I assume you, you take over as CEO when you reach the top floor, but it's, it's really funny. So you you go into you go into this office building, and you can move anything around. You can pull it about. You can push people around. And and each of the different levels is a a different department or a different set of rooms. And you're just given one task, which I think the first one is uh, you know just take the projector from this room over to that room and plug it in. And it right. sounds very simple, but the projector doesn't quite fit through the door. <laughs> so as you're going through, I was like, how do I, how am I, how am I going to get this through? Uh, and then I started to think, oh, there's like a glass window here. Can I, can I like, I was trying to get something through the door and then the door broke a bit and I was like, oh, well, oh, well maybe there's a glass window there. Maybe I can break the glass window and do something. Else. And I got really stuck for like three or four minutes on this first bit of the level. And I was thinking, oh, this is, it's a bit of crap. I can't really do anything. And then I saw on the the wall there's like a a power socket, an outlet. So I went to grab that, and I th- and as you pull it, the cable comes with you. And I thought, oh, I can I can plug something into this. So I went and I plugged it into a wall socket somewhere, or I plugged it into a, like a, a piece of equipment somewhere else. <laughs> it was taut. The cable was taut, and I suddenly realised as I moved a piece of furniture that the furniture you could you could basically use it like a giant catapult <laughs> so i took the projector and i pulled it back as far as i could and i fired it through about three walls until it was halfway to its destination <laughs> and i thought yeah i get this game now this is good <laughs> and it's only later on that i realized that using the same wire mechanic you could actually just the the glass that i thought oh can you shatter that it was actually a, it was actually a glass sliding door that if you just plugged it in it would have opened <laughs> so it's it's really funny it's very tongue-in-cheek it's yeah it's, the idea is can you do these simple tasks by causing as, as little chaos and destruction as possible but it's very easy to cause chaos and destruction that just does, does sound interesting does i'll keep an eye out for it it's a lot it, of fun comes yeah. comes to another platform just just silly a really silly but very interesting game and it's got um you can pick up hats and other things like you know ivy's jackets and fairy wings that your character can wear and it's quite it's quite addictive in that if you've got the kind of personality like i have or i'm like oh brilliant i can get dealy boppers <laughs> you know yeah that scratches my itch ellie anything anything else you've had a crack at other than doom and days gone and yeah, uh, I've been playing uh, a game. Unfortunately, the server's been taken down because it was in a, an alpha game on Steam. Uh, but I've been playing a game called uh, Last Oasis, right. which is a online survival MMO kind of game crossed with a little bit of Mad Max. I'll be honest. I was gonna. I was gonna suggest it was a game about panic buying soft drinks from the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, basically, you're on a, a uh, like a Mad Maxy kind of world. There's quite a lot of depth to it, but the, the guys, unfortunately, it's a very small team that've done it. They've had a bit of database issues, so they've had to. They were trying to fix it on the fly. Yeah. Um. It was up for about a week, and then they're like, "Look, we just need to take it down completely." sort out the servers and bring it back up. And they were very open and honest about it. And everyone's like, oh, I want a refund and all that. It costs me, I don't know, £15 or something like that. Oh, so it's not okay. breaking the bank. Uh, and, and I had an email saying, do you want a refund? And I'm like, no, it's fine. I'll probably buy it anyway again. It's one of those things. It's alpha. I get it. But basically the game itself is about you starting again. So you, you spawn on into an area 
and it's all about collecting water as a kind of a commodity that allows you to, to travel places. Um, and you start off with just you, uh, and then you have to make yourself some clothes and you have to get some twigs and make yourself like a little weapon and you kind of advance that way. But the, the really nice thing about it is you actually get to make these very basic wagons. And I'll have to send you both a picture of it because it's, it's very interesting. It's very like wireframe uh, little machines that you make and you kind of pedal it and then it like runs across the ground for you. And then <laughs> right. eventually when you get into the bigger game, you actually can make massive ones for you and your crew. And then you can use this harpoon that you unlock fairly early on to harpoon up to them and attack people and, and things like that. And it's really, really interesting. And the reason why it's Last Oasis is, um, are you familiar with the hexagonals that you get in um, Civilization? Oh, yeah. Yep. They're, they're very similar to that. And basically, they're little, not servers, but little zones that you can go to. And you can actually take over one of those zones, but the zones also degrade. And there's a part in it that's that hot. You can only go through it for a certain length of time. And in order to travel between these different oasises, if that's a word, oases, oasises, whatever. Andy will correct me in a minute. <laughs> Oasi. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, is you have to gather water, which you get from like chopping down uh, cacti and then burning them and you get the water out of it and different things and you have to fill up your wagon with the water and it's loads of depth to it just unfortunate that it only lasted a week or so until they had this major database issue but it's one of those things when you first release a game um and it's the first time they've they've kind of gone a bit balls to the wall with it um but it's really good and really interesting it, like i say it's just a shame it didn't last very long um but that's loads of fun so i'm looking forward to probably sometime next week or this week, depending on when podcast comes out, that hopefully it'll be back up and, and going. So yeah. anyway, that's interested, I'd definitely go and have a look at it because it's, it's good fun. That sounds good, actually. Yeah, it sounds a bit different. It is, yeah. yeah. Nice. So uh, the, the other game that I've been playing um, is iRacing. Ah, okay. Um, I've been, uh, for ages, I think we briefly touched on it on the last episode. I've, I was to and fro about it for ages, and then I just thought, let's just give it a go. Got all the kit for it, so so why not? So I finally got out of the rookie license, and I'm now in the D-Class license, so I'm no longer racing the MX-5s. I'm now in BMWs and uh, the F3, which is like a F2 car, if you oh, okay. like. It's yep. a Delora or Delora or something like that. Um, yep. And also, the um, it's called a Skippy, which is a... Um, do you know the Formula Rookie in Project Cars 2? Yeah, it's like that, like a really very bog standards, like something like the probably preteens racing when they're first getting into racing and out of karting. Um, so yeah, doing that and, and getting the tracks it is fairly expensive. The game, but I am really enjoying it. Um, but that kind of leads us on to the phenomena. Yeah, when you say fairly expensive, it is expensive. <laughs> uh, Are you going to share with us? So there's there's a monthly cost. Oh, is there? Right, sorry, I yep. didn't realise it was subscription-based. Yes, but then you have to pay for cars and tracks on top of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, yeah. so you so, do have to be quite serious about wanting to play it. Yes, the, the good thing is, especially at the level that I'm in, is there are normally three or four-ish series. So they give you a handful of stuff to start off with as part of your, you know, your basic subscription. Um, but then there's normally three or four series that use the same track. So as long as you've got that the track and the car, you, you're not you're not limited to that track, that car, right. and everything else you have to pay for. It's normally there's two or three different races that are happening in that week or that month that use the same track. It might be a different configuration for that car. Yeah. But there are different series that use the similar track. So they change the tracks. I think it's every week or every fortnight depending on the series. Um, and there's a few that kind of follow the same pattern. They just use a different configuration, which means you've not got to buy, if you wanted to race three or four different cars, so you've you've bought yourself three cars. And there is a, a little discount if you buy in bulks of three or six and stuff. But if you bought three cars, you could just buy one track and that'll last you a couple of weeks right. until it comes around again. And you don't have to do these official races and things like that to, to do your ranking. Um, but yeah, it's people can quickly spank a lot of money onto it. 
But you do, you can earn money. I haven't earned any money yet, but you can earn money by racing in the leagues and things. I, I presume it's if you're finishing the top three or something like that. Yeah. But you, you can earn money as well. So it's not necessarily bad things. And there's a referral as well. So I referred a guy the other day and I've got $10 credit now that okay. I can spend on stuff. So it's, it's pretty good. But do you, do you get any, do you get any tracks and vehicles with your membership? Yes, you do. Okay. You get quite a lot. So you get the MX-5, you get some legacy stuff. You get a Kia, I think it's an Optima or something like that, which is one of their racing ones, and a Cadillac something or other, which is another kind of like touring car one. And there's there's a, there's quite a few tracks that you get as well. So anything, if you go in as a rookie, anything that you need is there for free. Okay. As part of your subscription. And then it's when you rank up, it, that's when you may have to start buying things if you choose to. Um, but there's different things. So you get road Dirt Road, Oval, and Dirt Oval. So there's four different disciplines. Right. Yeah, it's good fun. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. So that probably leads us on to what we've been watching instead of playing then. Although you have actually been playing iRacing. Yeah, and just, just for clarification, I haven't been playing with any. I'm not good enough <laughs> to be racing with Lando <laughs> Norris or anything like that. So I was going to say, that's been the probably one of the more interesting things of the last few weeks in, in terms of the way the uh, perception maybe of esports has gone particularly racing esports yep. that um i racing has been mentioned in particular and had a pretty successful weekend uh was it from the point we're recording this it's about two weeks prior where max verstappen and lando norris were both racing and broadcasting weren't they in one of the i racing was it a championship that weekend or Yes, I think wasn't it? It's a they have events on where they have like um, mini endurance races for about four or five hours or something like that. So I think they're in one of those together. Yeah, so they they kind of promoted uh, the the whole program with that, and then through the course of the week there were rumblings from the FIA, and I think we hit about you know maybe the midweeks or Wednesday time, and the FIA said right, well we know there's no Bahrain Grand Prix this weekend, but we're going to broadcast the Bahrain Virtual Grand Prix. And they used F1 2019, and they got on board a lot of <laughs> racers, uh, streamers, and a couple of celebrities to race virtually yep. and broadcast it across well, it across YouTube, across the website, uh, and Sky picked it up as well on their F1 channel. Uh, and that was... Aside from being a little bit glitchy and trying to actually get it started, and I felt sorry for the hosts who had to talk through 40 minutes of technical delays. Oh, my yep. God. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it was surprisingly entertaining. Yes, it was, yeah. So it was, it was using the PC version of the F1 2019 game. So we've both got console versions. But in effect, I've the got same the PC thing. version as well, yeah. I've got the PC version. <laughs> and... and We've been sat with me watching it for about 10 minutes, and my other half turned to me and went, Is this not real? (laughs) No, no, it's it's fake. It's the game. (laughs) And it was just really interesting to watch, knowing a couple of the racers, knowing a couple of the streamers, and just seeing how it all kind of came together and worked as putting all these random people together on the track. Watching for the chaos because there yep. was a fair amount, yeah. Uh, yeah. But also uh, at how competent some of the ones you were thinking, oh, yeah, you, you know, you're up against F1 drivers, you're not going to do that well. Christ, they were, they were doing really well. Yeah, it'd be yep. it'd be really interesting as well because I think this is not only from a from a point of view of of promoting esports, but also you could you could kind of recreate classic moments from sporting history using this you know what i mean so you've got the kind of uh the classic schumacher hill moments when it you know the championship all came down to to one bitterly fought race it could be a really interesting way of of looking at that and introducing that kind of history to more people well they did something last weekend most of the weekend prior to recording this which was the weekend the clocks went forward where they did a challenge Lando, didn't they? I think that was on. Mm. Was that on iRacing though? No, I think that was on F1. I think uh, all F1? the F1 stuff has been done on F1 2019. So because um, it's licensed, right? Is that yeah? Yeah, because yeah. I didn't watch that um, when he was streaming it, but I gather that was 
people putting forward challenges for him to have a go at. So I don't know if they did, actually did that and took some classic F1 stuff because the F1 games have got classic challenges in them. Uh, so, yeah, it's perfectly feasible to do that. And and from these couple of weeks of activity, particularly getting something out there for the people who want him to see racing but can't, it's really ev- elevated the visibility of the racing esports and yeah. now Dirt Rally 2.0 is coming and they're doing a rally cross invitational, aren't they, with the game, which I think anyone can take part in to qualify. Oh. I think. I'd have to double check that. And it's so I think on that starts PSN next for free week. this, this Yes, month. and on PS Plus for free. Yeah. So the they're actually using these platforms now to promote and say, well, actually, you can get involved and there can be something entertaining from it. And the bit I got from the Bahrain Virtual Grand Prix was actually, it did work. It needs streamlining a little bit. It needs to become a little bit slicker in terms of getting all the technology to work together because all these guys are sat in their homes on their own rigs. But other than that, it, it wasn't bad to yeah. watch, and it was quite entertaining for the racing. And from that, I ended up the following day going back and watching the recorded streams of some of the drivers mm-hmm. to see what was going on. And in that technical break and things, they were actually really interesting to watch to see what they were doing. Lando was phoning just about everybody in his in his phone book. <laughs> yeah, he's a bugger for doing that. That's it from Carlos Sainz right through to <laughs> Zach Brown and Max Verstappen and and broadcasting that, which made it into a really entertaining show before they even got into the racing. So you can it's it's quite an exciting thing to see developing. It is. So I will I will see your dirt rally and F1 and I'll raise you NASCAR and I, and uh, which is done on iRacing, right? And IndyCar. So you think that F one was good? I, I I had a moment where I was actually properly laughing, nearly crying, and laughing when I started watching it. So I watched the IndyCar one, yeah. which was around, I want to say Miami or something like that, but it, whatever. And they they got the, the the good thing about IndyCar and NASCAR is they've got the majority of the 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 roster, the current lineup on the games as well. So they've got all these drivers invested into it. The mm. only ones that couldn't make it is if they've got a prior engagement, they, I think if they didn't want to, but I think there might be some contractual obligations that they have to. Oh, okay. Or with most of them, it was that they physically couldn't get the equipment in time. But they they even had, at the start of the iRacing and the NASCAR races, they had a prayer like they do at the start of their actual races. <laughs> it actually <laughs> cut. So it's like proper TV production as well. Um, it wasn't just, a, you know, like the F1 one was at the Affinity Arena. Yes. They had, some of them were at different locations, which I completely get for social distancing and things, but they, they'd done it more like an actual TV show. Uh, then they had the Reverend come on and bless the racers. And they had two in, on the separate ones, people singing the national anthem as well before the wow. race. And, and they even went to a kid uh, that's a big fan and said, you know, uh, drivers, start your engines and stuff. Um, and, and one of the guys on the NASCAR one actually said partway through the race that apart from some of the technical glitches that you do get and whatnot, he says some of the actual camera angles and the graphics that they're putting on the screen because they they were working with the guy that runs iRacing, it was actually better than what they actually get on (laughs) TV. And he says that the NBC and people like that could actually learn a lot from how esports show a race compared to how they show an actual race. Interesting. And yeah, it's it's it was very very interesting. So they're all on on YouTube. I know the NASCARs ones. I don't think they're all live. And if anybody thinks that NASCAR is just boring and it's turning left, it's not. You'll have to watch it because there's some spectacular crashes on it. I think we should <laughs> just try racing a bit of NASCAR on any of the games that contain it and you know it's not just turning left. No, no, there's a lot to it. But they're, they're really good racers uh, and they try and make it as fun as they can and people are going in the pits and darting out and they're even going to the drivers and having little interviews and <laughs> and different things, uh, especially when they have the, the yellow flag where there's been a significant crash. And it's just lots of fun. And uh, I know the um, IndyCar ones are all broadcast live as well. 
but the NASCAR ones, I think some of them, um, like the main racers, because they're having some like legend racers and stuff as well. Right. Where they're getting some like old championship winners and different things on and they're going like straight to their pass and then they're on the YouTube channel a couple of days later. But there's so much stuff out there. It's, it's crazy, but it seems that racing's the only sport that's taken this digital flag and ran with it well i think it's the yeah. one that's at the forefront of it but haven't the premiership players been doing fifa don't know because i don't do football no <laughs> so i don't either possibly and i've just but completely I think ignored it <laughs> i think they've started streaming some stuff as well again kind of on the back of hearing about the racing yeah. things but they've they've started doing bits and pieces as well i think it's interesting that i think it was said for the f1 uh, 2019, the, the virtual Grand Prix stuff, that actually of all the sports that you're going to do on a PC, racing is the one that is most like the actual sport. For these people, they are pretty yep. much, they're sat in their seats. They showed a photo of uh, the guy who actually won the race. Um, I wanted to say Philip Eng, but I don't know if it was that, if that's yeah, that, the that, guy who it? won yeah. it. Um, but he was sat there in his full race suit and his helmet and, and everything <laughs> else in his in his um, full-on rig with his Fanatec wheel and, and everything there. But you're sat in that position. You've got the pedals. You've got the steering wheel. It is the most like being in a car. Yeah. You've just not got the G-Force that goes with yeah. it. And so it's easier to probably recreate that at home and get more into the swing of it for the actual racers than it is for a lot of the other sportsmen to try video game equivalents. I'd also argue that maybe it didn't really work for Nick Hulkenberg, did it? Because he still did badly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, and I agree that it's it's not suited to all. But there is esports for... Um, FIFA and different things, and I think oh, yeah. racing has has always been not on the back foot, but for some reason not been as as loved. It's it's become more into fruition in the last know, five or so years. But your top esports have always been predominantly it was um, Dota and yeah. your, your Call of Duties and and things like that, and, and even FIFA to an exact to an extent. But I, I do think there's going to be a resurgence after this that people probably want to see these races more um and you might find that sky and other you know sporting networks out there might start picking up these races and different things and might actually shed a light on some of these really good yeah drivers yeah, I, mean- I suppose it's i suppose it's the most accessible in in terms of you know if you're a fan of formula one you're going to be a fan of probably formula one racing whereas you, you might find other esports less accessible and yeah. also in terms of coverage it's a damn sight cheaper for broadcasters to cover something like this than it is to actually go to Bahrain and and oh, gotcha. do all the work and the setup that's yeah. involved in that. So yeah. it may be it may be that they start to use this as as more filler material. Yeah, I, it's definitely been uh, eye opening to see what they can do. It's interesting on how much the actual professional drivers are promoting it as well, and I think it's them that are making the difference. It's your likes of Lando Norris and uh, Max Verstappen because they're so visible about it and they're so clear that they do both anyway. And if they can't be on a real track, they're going to be sat in front of or sat in a rig and racing virtually. And it's it's really helped raise the profile of it. Yeah, there is a, a an interesting fact that I can't put my hand to at the minute. There was something about Lando Norris and that particular race where was it he was the most watched streamer ever or the most watched kind of professional driver streamer ever or something like that I'll have to try and dig it out and we'll bang it in the show notes or something if I can find it but there was there was a particular interesting kind of statistic that came out of Lando Norris racing um to do with him the amount of people watching him or or something well, like that it was it was interesting yeah it's there's a lot there there's a lot of potential for it um is it ever going to take over or get on a par with the real sports probably not you know we are in exceptional circumstances but it's potentially bringing it into a more accessible area and i think it'll take the youtube and the sky figures to see well what did we get how many people actually tuned into view 
um, to decide whether they go ahead and do it again in the season. I'm I'm hoping they do. I think it was this Ali. I think he um, he smashed Formula One's all-time concurrent streaming record, hitting about seventy thousand. Yes, views, I think, and his in his was it in his Twitch stream. Yeah, yeah, and he's had yeah, he's just breaking all sorts of records on Twitch yeah. with that. Yeah. It's and that that's something I have to remember is that people watching him on Twitch, they were watching the whole thing on YouTube, they were watching it on Sky, they were watching it on Formula One dot com, and they were watching it on the other races and streamers feeds as well. So it wasn't yeah. just one number that says, "Ah, oh, yeah, a million TV viewers." Actually, it's split across multitudes of platforms. Yeah, so I, I follow Jimmy Broadbent anyway. Yeah. Um, and, and watch some of his live streams and different things. So I had him on my iPad just so I could see what was happening while the guys were doing the filler. Yeah. Because he had a few technical issues. I think there was a couple of issues where the game just wouldn't let them in. Um, and you might find that it, it'll encourage the likes of Codemasters to put a bit more time and effort into well, the actual multiplayer yeah, offering. I think they, I think they might have them um, more involved because it sounds like the 2020 game is still going to hit its release. Yes, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, whether they decide to change that later on, I don't know, um, because they might decide to delay it if the season hasn't started. But at the moment, they're still aiming to do it, and and I won't be surprised if they've got more drivers' input this year for it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and probably up how the online stuff works from a broadcasting point of view and making it more stable. Yeah. No, it's been good stuff. It's been really good to see. Yeah. Um, interestingly, enough, just one thing I did want to mention. So we, we're recording episodes back to back and 30 minutes after speaking to Andrew Aitchison from uh, Iconic Studios about They Live Assault on Cable 54... Uh, somebody's somebody's bought the six grand. No I've just, way. I've just clicked because I had the webpage open because I was flicking through it and I, I just scrolled up to the top and just the money went round. So it's nearly at 60 grand. Yes, yeah, so somebody's bought the £6,000 pledge to be in the game. Yeah, you are kidding. I, I, genuinely, I genuinely checked. I hadn't accidentally clicked on anything. <laughs> Your wife would not be happy. Wow. That is no, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing that that's happened for him. He's going to be so annoyed at all that extra work. Uh, I've just, I've just texted him. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he's gone, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Wow. Absolutely brilliant. No, that is a that is a good news story. Yeah. Well, on that happy note, I think look, let's call it. A recording session over with. Yep, let's do it. Wrap it up, Matt. That's it. Well, I, I I've just said that, and then I'll say you can reach out to us on Twitter at, at Codec Moments, and that made me remember that we did ask people to reach out to us and tell us what uh, they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Better include that first, hadn't we? Yeah. Mm. So uh, thanks to everybody who got in touch, and uh, mainly it was Saintly Stewart talking about trying not to freak out but playing lots of Animal Crossing. Uh, and that's working for him. Um, and that just prompted a deluge of Animal Crossing stuff. Yay! And that's all anybody is playing. Uh, but the most interesting for me out of this is what Basement Shack's lovely Mark Hamer has decided he's going to do. And that is to send Column a friendly yet ever so slightly offensive letter through Animal Crossing once a day. <laughs> that's such a lovely thing to do, Mark. Yeah. And I believe, Mr. Brown, that you're joining in that. Yeah, do you know if I can if I can get my head around how the whole online thing yep, works in it too. because it is it is does seem to be horrendously in true Nintendo fashion. It does seem to be horrendously complex to actually join up with anybody that you know in a game because <laughs> they've they've got to they've got to make sure that the the gate at their airport is open. Ah, uh, oh, honestly, yeah. So the gate has to be open. You have to have a friend code or you have to be online at the same time to find them. It yeah. seems that your switch friends has no, no impact whatsoever. And no, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just arbitrarily random in yes. proper true Nintendo online obfuscation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm glad it's not just me. I was going to ask you for some help. But <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly. I've got, yeah. got a master's degree in chemistry and I don't have a clue how this works. 
<laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and as the final one column at Solemn 67, um, his goal is just never to finish a game for the rest of this year. He says he's 65 hours sunk into Animal Crossing already. Wow. Still still playing The Witcher 3, isn't he? And Skyrim. Probably, it's like, yeah, I was going to say Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's an easy one for him for this year. Yeah. <laughs> right. So thank you for sending those in. Uh, we will put out on Twitter the next time we're recording. Hopefully this uh, lockdown period will mean we do actually manage to get a little bit more time uh, to record something, maybe in about two, three weeks. Maybe. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, and just say to everybody, take care out there. Yeah. Stay safe. Animals. Stay indoors. Yep. Stay indoors. The British Emergency Broadcasting System. The estimated date is March or November 2013. It's 19 hours. So now, as usual, it's time for the quiz broadcast. Hello, good evening, and remain indoors. This is the quiz broadcast, coming to you every Friday, the same day as your food parcels. So chow down on a protein fudge, take whatever injections are recommended in your sector, and prepare to enjoy the show! Uh, Yes, take care, everyone, and we will speak to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. In a bizzle. Going now. Yep. Hello, Who welcome to host. Oh, cool. Now oh. I was just going to start. No, go on, do it. Do it. Crack on. I'm not, I'm not being here for so long. I feel, <laughs> I feel the need to get them all in one go. All right, Corona pair. <laughs>